Hey there, welcome to Kevin McDonald Presents, a new kind of radio show, because we bring back the fun to AM Talk Radio by bringing you interesting people from the world of entertainment, business, and others. In short, people who are following their dreams. We'll ask them what's behind their drive and passion, and then they'll do what they love to do, entertain us. So I hope you'll stay with me, because tonight on Kevin McDonald Presents... Do you remember where you were in the late 50s? Do you remember the music of that time? If you weren't born, you've probably heard it. I got on the line with me a couple of guys who lived it. We're going to come back from these commercial messages, and we're going to talk to the creators of The Medallions, a group that came straight out of 1958. We'll be right back after these messages. 1150kknw.com Your connection to Alternative Talk 1150 AM Oh man, I'm doing the ookie-oo And welcome back to Kevin McDonald Presents for a Thursday night It's late night here at KKNW 1150 AM And I feel like a disc jockey from I can't even do what they did. Uh, it's it's amazing, but we are uh, really fortunate. If you if you're a history of music, and I know Tom, you are. Um, if Pretty you much. yeah, if you're really interested in the in what happened, how rock and roll evolved, and and where it came from, and some of the players involved uh, tonight for the first hour, we're going to be throwing around some names that that are very very familiar to everyone. We're going to be throwing around names like perhaps Jimi Hendrix, perhaps uh, Little Richard, uh, perhaps the Beatles. There, there'll be lots of lots of folks that we're going to talk about because we are very fortunate. We've got two guys that are on the line. They're in California today, and uh, uh, they are putting together, and I'll let them tell us more about it, uh, they're putting putting together a new edition of a group called The Medallions. Tom, do you ever recall hearing of that name? Well, aside from 20 minutes ago when you told me who was going to be on the show, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand, because that's it. See, it's... But only if I can put on the radio announcer voice and say, all right, we got The Medallions coming up next. <laughs> there you go. Very good. See, you, you can do that. I love that. Um, and uh, they, uh, the medallion started way back in the late 50s, and, and I'm told about 1954 is when they actually started. When, when, rock was, when, when rock and roll was young and everybody that was in it was actually a teenager. There you go. Now the biggest acts are the guys that were teenagers then, like the Rolling Stones and like the Paul McCartney and, and all the, a lot of the headliners, you know, and, and uh, they're older now, but with, uh, everybody was young back then. Oh, so yeah. we're going to talk to two guys that were there, that lived it. They lived right from the beginning of rock and roll. And I'd like to bring them on. And I just, I just love, love these names. Well, first of all, Jeff Wilson. Okay. That's, that's a normal name, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Define normal. Huh? Yeah. But then there's Jersey Jack and we're going to have yeah. to talk about who are Jersey Jack came from. But gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Kevin and Tom. It's great to meet you guys on the phone here tonight. Oh, absolutely. Now, the medallions, tell us who the medallions were, where they came from, and where was their place in rock and roll history? Well, let me start it off, Jack. This is Jeff. Uh, The medallions were originally formed in Los Angeles, California in 1954, uh, Dootsie Williams had a, a record company called uh, Dutone Records, and for seven years 
He'd been losing money on the big band sound. Uh, he'd signed one big orchestra guy, but hadn't really made his money back yet. And then in 1954, he heard these guys sing, and these high school kids sing, and they were all in the same high school, Fremont High. And uh, Vernon Green was 16 years old when Dootsie brought him in, and he, uh, they recorded Buick 59, which charted number one on the West Coast charts. Uh, there was no Billboard magazine. There were no national charts. In fact, because of national distribution and segregation, these songs pretty much were hits on the West Coast, and then a lot of East Coast guys would battle back, and the songs would get played in big markets like New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, uh, maybe Atlanta, a lot of Chicago, and some, maybe some St. Louis stations. So it was really a scattered thing. But uh, with Buick 59, he wrote that in 1954. I mean, this kid's 16 years old, and he was projecting a five-year song life for radio play. Uh, he also wrote the letter, which was the B-side, of Buick 59, and uh, he created words that didn't exist, like uh, uh, pismatology and uh, pompatus of love that Steve Miller uh, covered decades later. Uh, and it was a song, the letter was a song about matrimony, so there's a 16-year-old kid making up words. I mean, it was just wild, and these guys uh, were considered a doo-wop group uh, at that time. They were the first vocal group to sign with Dootsie Williams' Dutones Records in July of 1954. And uh, what happened was they... West Coast DJ, uh, Hunter Hancock, white guy, was really hot on the sound. He played it in rotation, and by September, Buick 59 was a hit, and these guys started making money. Uh, Dootsie put them on a show. He had the Penguins. Jack, tell them a little bit more about that part of the business. What the Dutone? The Penguins and all the other. Yeah, well, look, well, look, and the, the sound. Yeah, yeah, the pe- the Penguins actually was his biggest act. Obviously, uh, they're the ones that did Earth Angel. But what's interesting about that, the uh, the two songs that were on that uh, 45 were Earth Angel on one side and a thing called Hey Senorita on the other side. Now, when Dutone put that out, Hey Senorita was considered the A side. And when the disc jockeys got a hold of it, said, you're wrong. Earth Angel's the A side. So it ended up that Earth Angel was the huge smash form. And uh, Hey Senorita just kind of fell by the wayside. But... Uh, uh, we're going to do a remake of Hey Senorita. We're going to we're going to show people uh, that they may be wrong. <laughs> oh, that'd be great! But before we go on, I, I just want to clarify something yeah. for our younger audience. Yeah, right. You're talking about an A side and a B side. Now, yeah, right. it's called a 45 record, a vinyl little 45 record. See now, now kids, there yeah. used to be this this little machine that yeah. had a needle on it, and and <laughs> the, the record would go around and around, and and right, Tom? Oh yeah, not, and, not and like the ones he saw. In a little box to feed a little squirrel. <laughs> yes, and they used to put out what's called a single. And it would have an A side and a B side. Generally, the B side was a throwaway song. Mm, yeah. But a lot of t- yeah. but sometimes it it turned out to be uh, a real big hit. So, so I'm just trying to get bring the younger ones among us up mm-hmm. to speed about about how the technology has evolved from where it was in those days. Go ahead. What's well, really interesting when you say technology? I remember when the Japanese transistor radios came out over in the mid '50s, and I could hear Elvis and, and the blues and pick up a few stations and some of the black stations, and, and everybody laughed. But I said, "Man, this this is going to take off! Little itty bitty radio you hold in your hand, and you can listen to music that your parents don't want you to listen to." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they ran on batteries. And uh, now we got the iPod. And it's almost the same thing, only totally Dick Tracy'd out. I mean, you can get everything. I, I hear you can even watch a movie on them and uh, download songs. So we prepared uh, to come back with the digital 
era and, and match the technology to the best sound that was made at the time. And we've done new vocal arrangements, new horn arrangements, new piano arrangements. And by doing that, we've, we've played true to the original songwriters and the composers. And uh, by bringing this sound out now, you can hear it for the first time in digital. I think we lay it down better than anybody even did at the time, unless you were there. Because uh, the recordings were two-track monaural, sometimes recorded in living rooms. You couldn't even hear the bass if there was a stand-up bass or an electric bass. You can well, hear a lot of lots missing. In, the, in those days, um, yeah. they it was a lot of one-track or two-track, so literally they would just record the band as it played, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it, everybody was live. Yeah, there, there was, yeah, it was all live. Which, yeah. which, by the way, for my money, would make uh, truth in music making a whole lot better if if they had to do it that way still, rather than doing. Oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the thing that's uh, interesting is that uh, back in those days when they recorded, there, there, there were there were no special dials, you know, or buttons to, to make it enhance the sound. So what you heard is what you heard live. And the, the, the thing you see today is you hear something that's recorded, then you go see that same group live, and they don't sound anywhere near as good as they do uh, on the recording. Well, a lot of the bands don't do live um, like the, the the way that the guys came up years ago. To, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. so in in the in the fifties, what was it like um, creating the music and creating and and doing what you guys did in 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 the music business in well, in those days? Well, as far as I'm I'm concerned, I I don't go back really that far. I mean, I do. I mean, I was alive, but but I didn't really get into the music scene in really until late 50s, early 60s, uh, so, you know, it's, but it, but it's still part of the same era. Oh, it yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, by the way, before we go too far, uh, Jersey Jack, and by the way, we're talking with uh, Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack from the Medallions, which is a, uh, they're reviving a band that uh, started in 1954, and they are bringing back the sound in a digital way. I assume, and we'll talk about more of this, they're going to be touring, and they've got a whole catalog of music that they'll be creating, but Jersey Jack, how did you get your name? <laughs> How did I get my name up? That, that, that is real simple. I was in a band years ago, and, and there was a keyboard player in that band. Uh, we introduced uh, ourselves to each other, and, and he says, uh, oh, you got an Eastern accent. He says, where are you from? And I go, from New York. He said, oh, no, no. He goes, that's a New Jersey accent. Well, of course, you really there's very little difference between a New York accent and a New Jersey. They all sound the same. So he started calling me Jersey Jack, and I got stuck with the name over the years, and I just kind of... Stayed that, with it. That's just how nicknames go, though. You just they're given yeah, to you, yeah. and they just stick. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It, it, besides, it sounds better than New York Jack. I guess it's uh, yeah. It's, it, it rolls it, off the tongue a little it, bit. It, ro- easier it rolls. Though. It rolls off the tongue easier. <laughs> yeah, and you could have been on Sopranos and everything um, with a name like Jersey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony, we got Jersey Jack over here. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go take him out. Um, all right, now we've got a bunch of music that we'd like to play tonight. So I think what oh we should do is now, now, first of all, set us up with this first song because this song has reached some notoriety already. And uh, uh, tell us about that. Uh, well, let me do the setup for Jersey Jack. This is Jeff. Uh, Jersey singing lead on Annie Had a Baby. It was written by a 16 year old Hank Ballard. 
and the song was banned in my area. I was born on a farm in Illinois in uh, 1950, so I was a kid when this happened, but I remember specifically because they yanked my transistor radio away. I was getting the black stations from South Chicago and East St. Louis, but Eddie Had a Baby was banned because of the lyrics, and uh, play it, and then we can talk about the lyrics, because I think it's an upbeat, happy, happy song, but track it up and tell me what's wrong with it. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know what's interesting about about the lyrics is that, that uh, well, in ni- remember in the 50s, late 50s? Yeah. Um, it, uh, the, in those days, I remember the show I Love Lucy. Um, yeah. She was the first person to appear pregnant on television. You're and, right about that. Right, right, right. And, the, and they didn't want to even address that, but they had to because she actually was pregnant. Was pregnant, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, her husband was not only a great band leader, he was a good businessman, and he had a great contract, and they had creative control. So they, he took, Ricky took, took a risk, and it worked out. Yeah, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody loved Lucy for that. Absolutely, <laughs> and and you know who was, you know who she was carrying around during that show, Little what, Ricky. No, 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 it was Desi. Daughter. Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Okay, De- it, of yeah. Dino, Desi, and uh, and Billy, Billy fame. Oh, Billy, right from from the sixties. Even I, yeah. I, so so, and in those days, they had to like like uh, even I love Lucy. They were in twin beds. So That's correct. They, didn't even, right. they weren't even. So was Ozzy and Harriet. Yes. Everybody right, right. slept in twin beds. Well, yeah. and, and uh, they all wore suits around the house, too. I yeah. never got that. But full like anybody does that. Full length pajamas and robes. Okay? <laughs> exactly. And the house is always clean. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Nobody no ever ate either. there. No, no made. Yeah. So in any event, this is a song that was blacklisted or, or, or in, yeah. the, in the late banned. 50s. Actually banned. Oh, actually banned. And he had banned. a baby. 19, 1954. It ended up number eight on the segregated rhythm and blues charts, what they call the race charts of the black music. This is before music was integrated. It was absolutely segregated. No way was it ever played on a white station anywhere. But it ended up on the R&B chart, the chart, okay, which wasn't even, might have been a cash box deal in 1954, but it was number eight. And he had a big billboard. Well, you know, you, you know, billboard was around. Yeah, they were around. Yeah, they were around. You know, when you think, think about it. You know, yeah. we, we, we we always think of the '50s as the good old days, but the, you're talking about segregation and 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 black white and issues and all of that. I think we've I think we've come a long way. Oh, absolutely. Since that's that what we're hoping to share with two generations that haven't even heard this music, don't know the real story, and wonder where all these great people went. What happened to them? It's, it's stories worth telling. Well, really. we're we're gonna play we're the song. All of them. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to play the song in its entirety right now. And this is Annie Hannah Baby. And this is the Medallions. And we'll take a break right after that. And then we'll be back with more with Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack of the Medallions. So uh, stay with us and, and enjoy the song. And we'll be back in a few moments.
Back to Kevin McDonald presents. It is KKNW 1150 AM. It's late night here. It's about, oh, I don't know, 1022. And, and Tom and I are here, and we are with Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack from the Medallions. I tell you, gentlemen, that is a sound that, you know, we've got it digitally enhanced in here, and it's it, it really is powerful. It's, it's, it's great music. Well, hey, thanks, Kevin. We Thank really you, appreciate Kevin. that, especially coming from you and Tom. It is uh, uh, something that you guys are an eight-man group, and you're you're uh, messing around with adding a few more pieces and and doing stuff. When you start touring, what do you think that will look like? What do you think the um, your group will look like? Well, I th- I think we're, it's going to probably uh, you know we'll take the the group we have intact now, add another saxophone, maybe a trumpet, and maybe a couple of more background singers, female preferably. Some young dancers up front that yeah. are dancing. Make, make it into a show. We're yeah, turning yeah, it into yeah, shows. It, it, the, the, our lighting guy is David Pang, one who lights the Luxor shows up at the Luxor Hotel in Vegas. And oh, yeah. uh, He did TV, Price is Right, for 23 years. He was there with Bob Barker for 23 years, and uh, he likes it up in Vegas. And he's going to be designing a, uh, a really modern custom light show with rear screen projections so we can actually show visuals, the old sepia tone, black and white photographs of some of these originators of rock and roll and uh, you know, put their lyrics on the screen, use some old movies. We're going to use multiple screen projectors. So it's going to be a real show. People are going to come and, and get prices that are back in the mid-'80s. Uh, our compact disc, when we release, it's going to sell for nine ninety-nine. Uh, we're going to introduce something brand-new called Two for a dollar forty-nine, like an A and a B side. Uh, the art department in Chicago is putting together a, a download, a digital download, so you can get two for a dollar forty-nine, create your own A and B side out of our first 11, and uh, we've got about 22 more and ready to go, two that we're going to release as a single in about another 30, 45 days. So we're excited and really happy to be sharing the news with you guys tonight. 
I'd love to hear you uh, what you think about what you're going to do because we we did a test on Buick Fifty Nine, which was a medallions hit, and uh, the artwork didn't test well, the concept didn't test well. Uh, so we're going with what you're going to do? Question mark is. I think that's the next song that we sent you guys. That yeah. actually is the next song. As a matter of fact, why Written don't by we... William A. Collins. William A. Collins in 1955. Now, is there some history behind that at all? No, uh, well, it was, yeah, it was originally recorded by uh, Clyde McFadder and the Drifters uh, back then. Uh, the, the song did well. It, it, it charted. Number 18. Uh, eight, yeah, 18 yeah, number on the, 18 on the, on the R&B chart. On the R&B chart, uh, so it did it did well. But now, well. but now you're telling me that there were a lot of of acts that were out at that time that were segregated away from some of the mainstream. Because I guess what we would have to do to understand is to take it back to that time. Yeah. Um, because there <laughs> were there were white groups yep. that were uh, promoted mm-hmm. and were put out there. But there was a whole different side of the music. And by the way, most of the influences of all the major artists in the 60s and 70s will trace back to the the black music influence of that time. Oh, there's no question about that. No question about that. But you know what's interesting is uh, back in those days, if if you're not aware of it, that that they, they actually segregated the stations themselves. That, that the black artists would only be play, played on black-owned stations. And, and these were small record guys. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have distribution. They were driving around in their cars with trailers, uh, cases of records. Uh, they were pasting their own labels on. It was, it was a riot. They couldn't get distribution. They couldn't even get on the commercial radio stations. Yeah, and the, the sad thing is that, for an example, uh, Little Richard uh, had a hit uh, called Tutti Frutti, as you probably are aware. Tutti Frutti? Yeah, Something he, like but, that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he, he sold about a, uh, about a million copies of that record, and that same record was, was also redone by Pat Boone. Pat Boone sold five million records. There's no comparison. <laughs> if Richard got the exposure that Pat got, he would have sold 15 million records. I mean, there's just no comparison. Pat it's, Boone uh, did Tutti Frutti? Absolutely. It's awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, and if Pat's listening, I'm not going to even apologize. It's awful. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's uh, um, go ahead and play. The, 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 give us the name of the. Uh, this is going to be the album, or it's going to be the the name of the of the CD. So, what's yeah, the name? Correct. What you going to do? This is what you're going to do. The medallions, and we'll be right back.
That's the medallions. And, you know, you might think, if you just tuned in, you might think that that was maybe recorded, I don't know, in the late 50s or early 60s and has redigitized or remastered. But this was, this was. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack there from the medallions. By the way, if you want to, you can go to KevinMcDonaldPresents.com, go to the artist page and you can get all the information about them, their website, their uh, um, music forte, which we are partners of. Um, you can go to their site there. You can actually purchase some music there. You can listen to some music. So you can go do all of that. And we're going to talk about music forte in a minute. But but during the break, uh, um, uh, Jeff and Jersey, you you mentioned something that, that intrigued me that I wanted you to share with the audience. You had last December. Well, first of all, when did this? you record this last song? that we listen to uh we just finished it about a month ago and uh so so it's brand new and it's brand new. it's old music but it's been updated the arrangements are updated and yes. it's designed for a modern audience yeah yeah absolutely and but in december you had somebody call you and talk to you about what you're doing would you tell me that story please well, it wasn't a phone call. I wished it was that oh, great okay. of a, that great of a of a miracle. But uh, James Brown uh, sent an email. Email. Oh yeah. Uh, and he'd heard the rough mix of "Annie Had a Baby," our, our number one song on Music Forte in, uh, in the Chicago area, and it, and it was just great to, to get that pat on the back because uh, we were wondering. Uh, we had to test things. <clears throat> we had to test market things on Music Forte and uh, see if there's really going to be an audience for this sound, number one. We think so, because these are the songs that encouraged us and everybody that are, became our stars and the guys we played and toured with. Uh, the guys in our band have toured with some of the greatest acts in the history of rock and roll. But it's just been, uh, it's been a, a look at everything that's gone on, and uh, by coming out with this sound now, we're trying to let two generations of people hear these songs that actually created the collective consciousness that was called Rock and Roll by Alan Freed in 1959. The lyrics on some of these songs actually say, grab your partner and rock and roll. That's on the ookie-ook, about two minutes and 13 seconds in. You hear uh, rock em and roll em and wrap em up on uh, TikTok. Uh, the whole rock and roll, in, they didn't know what to call this music. Uh, Hunter Hancock uh, called it Jump Boogie. Because it just jumped out of the radio. My goodness, where was this music coming from? And I think I kind of rambled off the track there, but bring me back, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually, you did very well. I can well. talk about this till the cows come home next Thursday. Each song is such a, a lush history, and uh, we're bringing that forward, too. Well, what was interesting about uh, the email that James Brown sent you was that, and first of all, you know, it... it yeah, I think it's time to bring this music back and honor those guys because so many of them have passed on. Right. Uh, yeah. You've got people like, you know, people, major, major, major influences in, I, I, I give you an example, two, two of the guys, James Brown being one, Ray Charles being another, influenced right. the Beatles greatly, and the Beatles influenced the world of music. So in, in essence, the black music of the 50s and what all of those types of, of, of artists that a lot of them are past now, and many of them you're telling me died broke. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
yeah. really had a great deal of influence into what type of music we're listening today and how music has evolved. But you mentioned something that James Brown said in the email, and also was it the eulogy at his funeral? Well, you know, the email was short and brief, but it just really, you know, it was like the first few people that checked in were James Brown, Billy Vera, and P. Diddy, and we were kind of shocked, but inspired. But uh, James Brown, so. James Brown's manager of 40 years at the funeral with 8,000 people in Augusta, it was on CNN for two hours, his manager said that uh, when James Brown sat on his bed that night, he made his peace with his God, he was in his robe, he laid down, and, and he said, uh, tell the people to stop using the N-word, tell them to stop calling women bitches and hoes, let's get back to music, bringing people together, crossing all problems, politics religion, organizations, institution, and making people happy again. And when they talked about that at his funeral, and uh, such a great display of talent there, uh, they're fighting, they were fighting over his estate before the funeral, before he was in the ground. And uh, you go back to what happened with all of the other groups, all of the black groups, all of the music, was really the inspiration for all of rock and roll. If you listen to the Moody Blues, they were uh, uh, doing these kinds of songs in a bar. So were the Rolling Stones. So were the Beatles. And uh, you and I were talking, Kevin, before the break. When the Beatles got here, all these guys were out of business, period. End of story. (laughs) And they didn't get paid their royalties. So it's been a hard, it was a hard life for all of them. Hard life. And it's important that, that we not forget them. And that I'm glad that what you're doing is bringing them back. By the way, we're talking with the medallions. And uh, this is Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack. Now, Jersey, are you the lead vocalist? Now, I, I know in Annie I, Had a Baby you were. Yeah, I think I'm on I'm the lead vocalist. I think I'm seven of the 11 cuts. Yeah. Oh, very good. And uh, so obviously you don't play the trumpet or anything at the same time. I, no, no, I, I, no. If I could do that, I'd be the biggest star in the world. <laughs> no, absolutely. I gave that. I gave that up years ago. Oh, you used to play the trumpet. Oh yeah, yeah, I, 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 I oh yeah, I, I attended Juilliard, Juilliard, New York, to study music. Yeah, I uh, so, uh, played with a lot of famous people. Tell him, Jack. All right, what? so you can't. You, you're not going to be able to get away and, well, and no, drop well, a line yeah. like that without well, dropping a name dropper. or two. Drop names. Come on. Well, I got yeah. you, Sam, Sam Cook, Lou Rawls, uh, Ger- the Gerald Wilson Orchestra. You know Gerald Wilson. Is? Yeah. It's not, jazz, that's not Geraldine. That's Gerald. No, no Gerald Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was a jazz thing. I, I wasn't into it too much, but it paid well, so I, I did it for a while. <laughs> I, I also was in a group called the Shin Dogs. There was a show called Shindig back in the sixties. Oh yeah, I remember the but Shindig. I, yeah, I was on that show. I was I was in the house band. Backed a lot of people on that show. The people like Jackie Wilson, uh, the Rolling Stones. I mean, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Anybody was anybody that was on that show, and of course, we were the house band. You know, and there used to be a show that came on at night. I believe it was like Saturday night. It was before um, uh, Saturday Night Live. And it was a show that I used to watch when I was a kid. It was called The Midnight Special. Special, absolutely. That Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack was the MC. Oh, yeah. That was, that was special. And they had all those guys that were that were out there in the—that in the, was the late 60s and, and 70s that were out there. So. Right, right, right. So give us give us some dirt on some of these guys, all right? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You... Well, 
Yeah, well, I think we, we were went, during the break. We talked about uh, Jimi Hendrix. You know, when when I was with Richard back in the '60s, Hendrix was in the band for about a six month period. Uh, they used to fight every, after every gig. There'd be a fight, um, and really, what it was if 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 you if you know Richard, if you if you see him, you could almost pick up on the guy's got a huge ego, yeah. and you can't you can't upstage a guy like that. Uh, you know, uh, when you're doing a show, and Jimmy used to do that. And then when the show would end, they'd be fighting, screaming at each other. <laughs> and then Richard ended up firing him after six months, and he ended up going to work for the Isley Brothers after that. Isn't that something? That... Yeah. So... And then they, they ended up firing him, too. So, you know, then he went to Europe, and, and that's where he made it. He made it there and came back. Now, it, is it, in speaking of Jimi Hendrix, because everybody knows that he died at, the, at an awfully young age, and it was due to drug abuse, and it seems like there was a lot of drug abuse in the music scene uh, in rock and roll oh, in those yo, old absolutely. days. Oh, absolutely. Back then, people, people think it didn't exist back then. It was just as bad. It's probably just as bad, maybe worse than it is today, because... Uh, it uh, when I say worse, I mean back then. You know, doing any kind of drug was was, was really really taboo. I mean, uh, today it seems to be more accepted for some whatever reason. You know, people over He's in rehab. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're in rehab. It's like the th- it's like the thing to do. You know, but but back then, I mean, these people most most of these musicians came from the streets. You know, they you know they they didn't come from middle class families. They were poor poor kids, and they had poor nothing. Kids. They had nothing, not a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Except their passion for music. Exactly, and they they didn't make any money doing that. You know, it's interesting because I remember uh, Richard wrote a lot of a lot of his own songs, and um, he had this you know this philosophy: Hey, if they want my my music and they want to give me a hundred bucks for it, I'll I'll sign it over to them. I don't care. I could write music all day long. But he realized in later years that. Uh, that that was the wrong attitude. In fact, he filed a lawsuit against the the record company and publisher, and lost because he waited too many years. The judge said, "Wait a minute, you should have done something about this years ago." He was what he was trying to say was, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was pressured into into selling the you know songs, so, and you know whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's, uh, but but he used to talk about it a lot. Well, and and there is and it's common knowledge, I think. That that throughout the years, the artist is the one who, number one, is the creative genius behind the music. But there are also, because most of them were really good at making music, they weren't so hot on the business side. No, no. Most of them weren't. And so a lot of times they ended up signing away rights to music and uh, rights to, and, and lost a lot of royalties over the years. Yeah, but you know who was an exception to that? What you just said. I mean, the guy was great. It was Ray Charles. Yeah, Ray Charles was was the first guy that that actually negotiated to own his own masters. In fact, right. in the movie Ray, they talked they about that. that up. Yeah, but Sinatra didn't even have his that, that. That was common knowledge in the music. But this guy was a great negotiator and businessman, all around genius. Well, that's 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 wonderful. So, hey, we we're gonna run out of time, and I want to play another song or two. So, what are we gonna? What's the next one? Play on TikTok. Our... That's number three. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna play TikTok. Is there a story behind it? Well, TikTok was done. Uh, it, it was basically a local hit uh, here in the uh, Southern California area by a duo called Marvin and Johnny, and didn't really do much with it. it it's uh, one of those obscure songs. But it's a great song. We're going to, so the name of the song is TikTok? 
TikTok, written by Joe Josea. And this is the Medallions with Jersey. Jersey, do you sing on this one? Actually, it's a group. It's a group effort. It's, 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 there's no lead singer. It's four part harmony. It's four part harmony. Oh, wonderful! We're, we're going to listen to that right now. And this is the Medallions. We're going to listen to the song, take a break, and we'll be right back with more with Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack. Tick tock, tick tock, goes the clock. Just like my baby, don't know when to stop. She can rock them and roll them and wrap them up too. Just like my old gal's kidney stew. My baby, please do. Baby, don't leave me in this fix Ring, ring, ring goes the telephone I know another king is on my throne oh, Baby, please do Kevin McDonald presents. It's KKNW, 1150 AM. No, it's not 1955, but it sure <laughs> sounds like it. Um, it. 
the uh, the music that we've been listening to tonight and really have enjoyed the conversation is with uh, um, Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack. They're with the Medallions, and that is a group that uh, first took took root in nineteen. 19- 1954, when many of you weren't even a gleam in somebody's eye. And, uh, That's it, right. But what they've done is they are bringing back the sound and they're bringing back uh, the, uh, um, the idea and the fun that was the music that was then. And the stories that you guys have, I, you know, I, I, it just struck me. This could be, you guys could do a really cool documentary around the music and around the times that w- the music came from. Well, well, the road show and the live show is going to be a multi-screen rear projection, so we're going to do a, a poor boy's uh, moving documentary or, or evolving documentary. But, yeah, we'd love to film uh, a documentary of the show and then go in and do interviews with the, the few people that survive outside of our band and some of the uh, musicians in our band and a lot of other musicians from other bands and a few singers here and there uh, and, and really bring forth as many people as we can and give them an opportunity to take one one more uh, bow and have a world market take a look at really the influences of the collective consciousness that became rock and roll. You know, absolutely. And by the way, Al Gore didn't do too bad with a slideshow that he took to make a movie out of it. I know. He turned a multimedia presentation into a world phenomenon. Way to go. Exactly. Good good example. You know, and I kind of equate what happened in the 50s with a lot of the roots of rock and roll with like the uh, uh, um, Negro Leagues in baseball. There were some, you know, some absolutely wonderful, wonderful players that never saw a broad audience because of their color. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, you want to talk baseball history. It's a fact. The the 27 or 28 Yankees with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and and the the Bronx Bombers, they were challenged by the New York Cubans, which was an all-black team, segregated. And they filled Yankee Stadium with mostly a black audience. But it's a fact, guys. the black team, the black Cubans beat the the real New York Yankees three out of five. I and the be- Yankees weren't laying down, okay? Yeah, I the believe Yankees Josh Gibson was part of that team. Yeah, yeah, he was. Josh Gibson. Yeah. yeah, there were some there were some wonderful players and you know, and it's important that that history that not be whitewashed, not be um, you know put under the rug, but is brought out so that so that we can give credit to the people who actually created the sound, who made it happen. Because I'm I'm telling you, if you if you talk to McCartney or a lot of the English invasion bands, they'll tell you that they were listening to underground black music from America. Very factual, absolutely true. That's what they played in the bars in Liverpool, Hamburg, Germany. All the small towns all over Europe. Before Ab- they came over. Absolutely. Now, also, Annie had a baby. Something very cool happened with that, and our partner, Music Forte. Uh, Jeff, tell us about what happened there when that when you started playing Annie Had a Baby. Well, we, we got inspired uh, to, to play again, and we did, and it went so well. We threw a rough mix of Annie Had a Baby up, a rough mix of G, and I think Think, in with the original uh, monaural recording of The Letter by Vernon Green and the Medallions the original Buick 59, and the original uh, Magic Mountain. And it didn't play well. The kids would jump out. They got bored with the two-track monaural lost tinny sound, but they just jumped all over. Annie had a baby. We had over 200,000 plays, broke a record in uh, the three- or four-year uh, 
music forte history by by double or triple. So they name, they're going to name a song of the year. Annie had a baby and group of the year, and we've now put up the final master of Annie had a baby. So it's just uh, it's a real compliment to us because they're all musicians and artists or people worldwide connected some way like you to the music business, either broadcasting or producing, uh, recording, and playing, and writing, whatever. So it's a great, great honor. So if somebody would like to go and and download that song, buy it perhaps, which would be really good because that's what you should do when you go to Music Forte, how can they access your site? Well, just go to Music Forte or musicforte.com. It's easy on any search engine. And uh, type in The Medallion. And you'll get to our page, and you can listen to the music. And uh, if you choose to buy it, uh, they're setting up their their technical team is setting up a two for a dollar forty nine. We're doing a special thanks to Music Forte, offering it through their website. Two singles, like build your own A and B side, and they're going to make the record look like a forty five. So we're going to teach the history visually through the help of the art department of Music Forte. Two for a buck forty nine. Pick your own A and B out of eleven. Or you can buy them for 99 cents each if you just want to try one. <laughs> and the whole album you can download digitally for uh, $7.99. What, $7.99. And we're going to set our price point at uh, $9.99 for compact discs, the prices that were released in uh, 1986 when the compact disc came out. And we're re- researching vinyl. We're getting feedback at 17.4% of the people worldwide want vinyl. So we've we got three factories bidding on that now. Bottom line of the whole story is the record companies. Uh, have merged and acquired everybody. There's basically four companies. Their sales are down on compact discs by 22 to 27 percent, depending on which industry magazine you you read. And for, to make up for that, they raised the price to 27 a CD. So they're shooting themselves in the foot for the last time. Uh, the independent market via independent radio in America and the internet and the internet worldwide is an opportunity now for all people to have their music heard without all the middlemen. And uh, we're looking forward to. Uh, the singles that we're coming out with, and we want to hear you play uh, Buick 59 before we leave, too. Yeah, absolutely. Music, Tell music us. Forte. Music Forte. And I think in a day or two, they're going to have all that stuff up on the front page and make it real easy for you to na- navigate the word. Right there. Yeah, yeah, and if you forget about that, all you got to do is go to KevinMcDonaldPresents.com. Yeah, and, and you'll find music. website is under construction www.themedallions, with two L's, themedallions.net, N E T. Okay, so tell us about the song that we are going to lead out with. By the way, before I go there, I want to make sure that I give you guys credit. Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack have been our guests for this hour. They are part of the Medallions. They are a group from 54, and they're coming back. They're bringing this uh, this great group together. They will be touring when they come up here. You can bet that we'll be part of that, so we're looking forward to that. And so uh, um, tell us about the song we're going to play as we go out. We're looking to come to Seattle, too. It's uh, In the game show business, they used to say four down and seven to go. Give the setup for Buick 59 with Louis singing lead. Yeah. Oh, okay, the, actually, that's the very first hit that the original Medallions had, and uh, we're hoping we can repeat that <laughs> with, with our, with our uh, modern-day version of it. Uh, uh, well, let's give it a listen, and you'll uh, judge for yourself. Again, we've been talking with Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack. They are the medallions. And they, and so go to Music Forte um, or go to uh, KevinMcDonaldPresents.com and, uh, and Music Forte is right there. You just click on them and you can go and uh, download the music. You can listen to the catalog. You can uh, look at them. And, and I'll tell you what, they, they, they really are a cool group of guys. And um, Jeff and Jersey, I've got to have you back again. Will you commit to coming back? 
Oh, sure. You've got it. Thanks, anytime, Kevin. Anytime. We'd love to. Man. Anytime. Man, it's, it's great fun. So we've had yeah. a great time with you guys this hour. Stay with us. The next hour, we've got um, a, a great artist who does everything all by herself. So we're going to do that after the break. I want to thank you guys again. This is uh, uh, Jeff Wilson and Jersey Jack from the Medallions. And here is name of the song again is? Buick 59. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Tom.